Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Deadline's new Hollywood podcast. My name is Dino Ray Ramos. Hey, everybody. My name is Amanda Nduka. And oh, my gosh. Guess who we have? <laughs> who do we have, guys? Guess. <laughs> we'll you, give you a moment. <laughs> you could probably read it, but um, have, <laughs> that's right. They could read it on the title. So we have but, yeah. the Regina King um, for today's episode, director of One Night in Miami. That is getting yes. a buzz. Yes, and uh, can we say Emmy Award winner, uh, Oscar winner, she- Brenda from Two Two Seven. She can do like you guys. This lady can do it all. Like we've seen her go from Brendan, Brenda <laughs> Evan to starring in The Watchmen, which yes. was amazing. Which is a far cry from what yes. Brenda was. You can't, yeah. no, I, <laughs> and I honestly think that she is probably, even though she does have an Oscar and an Emmy, I still think she's an underrated actress. Honestly, if I'm gonna be 100%. <laughs> yeah, she definitely deserves to be up there. Like I, I think she's like Meryl Streep, but like, all, like she's definitely on that level. I mean, I, 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 she was basically all the movies that I watched in the '90s. She was mm. in in them. She was so critical to to that that era of cinema, yeah, yeah. black cinema. And I, I, I think her her just her ability to change. You know, we saw her in Boys in the Hood and Poetic Justice, but then to have her sh- totally do this 180. And then us seeing her in like Jerry Maguire and then like, uh, you know, b- being in shows like um, Southland and then, yeah. and then directing One Night in Miami, yeah. which is such a kind of, it's a powerful film and yeah. it's an interesting film that explores uh, uh, identity, specifically black identity. Right, yeah. yeah. And we talk about that. I mean, we talk about a lot. I mean, this was, this was a very, very fun pod- podcast um, to do. Um, but Regina, she's just, she's just a gem. Um, yes. <laughs> she, she just, I mean, she, she's been, she, she, she's been, she went from directing TV. Now she's directing film. She directed this amazing film about these four black men. It was like, we, we talk about it and, you know, she wanted to do something Titanic, romantic in a sense. <laughs> yes. And, it, and this is, this is sort of, in, in a way, has its sort of romantic element, but obviously kind of spun in a different way. So, mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, it's on Amazon. So you, yes. I'm sure everybody in this planet has Amazon. Yeah. And also, you know, if you haven't seen it by now, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing listening to this podcast? If you haven't seen it, turn this off. 
go watch it and come back. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so without further ado, here is Gina. Regina King, welcome to Deadline's new Hollywood podcast. We are, I don't even know if excited is the word to describe what we're so ecstatic. Yes. <laughs> so no, just happy. thank you so much. Yeah, we're so happy that you joined us today. Um, how, how are you doing? Honestly? Yes. <laughs> yes, be honest. <laughs> we're here for the honesty. Right, okay. I am tired. Ugh, <laughs> but I'm sure that that's a sentiment that most of us resemble uh, mm. about now. Yeah. Um, but um, when I say tired, I'm physically tired. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think we're all in a mental space where we are... Um, exhausted yeah yeah that's for sure okay, you. have you have you been doing a lot so how is how is doing like so you've, you've been during you've been doing uh award uh this award <laughs> circuit for a while now how is it how how is it now like during in the quarantine during the quarantine and and in this new sort of era um Honestly, it's interesting. It's uh, I'm I'm a person that really likes the 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 real interaction with mm -hmm. people, and to have this be my theatrical uh, director directing debut, um, it's been a little tough not having the opportunity to attend screenings and right. actually be able to you know talk to people in person and 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 you know do the whole thing that a lot of uh, uh, artists do that are in the film industry you know you sneak into a theater and kind of right. sit in the back of the theater <laughs> to see how the audience is receiving you know something that you've done i haven't been able to uh, have that shared experience mm. that a movie theater brings so that's yeah. been kind of tough mm -hmm. and 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 you know the q and a's seem to have tripled <laughs> this <laughs> i think because you know they're easier like, well, yeah you're home right, so right. we can fit one more in right. you know <laughs> it's still just as exhausting though like no, yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I it's like i'm not gonna lie i think a lot of us have zoom fatigue yeah uh, okay. <laughs> i mean as much as lovely as it is to see you on screen you know i think me and amanda even our producer david we just love being in the studio and recording yeah. And yeah. just kind of, cause there's a, like a, a, a chemistry or just like a, a feeling that you don't yeah. get through screens. You yeah. just don't, yeah. and, we, and you never will. You know, right. even mm. when you talk about with film, uh, uh, films now everything is shot uh, digitally. Right. And, yeah. and, and we've, we've all witnessed how much, how far the cameras have come and how they've almost been able to truly, uh, it duplicate the quality of film. Right. Um, and so there are some artists that will still argue that no, you can't um, do that. And, and, and in some cases, I agree. I do Definitely. feel like when you're using certain film lenses on the digital cameras, you do to get, tend to get that film quality um, uh, uh, more. 
but you, this is not something that we will be able to replace. These right. Zoom calls will never yeah. be able to replace a hug. Right. Mm. Never yeah. be able to replace looking in someone's eyes. Right. You could still do these these Zoom um, um, meetings or, or or calls or or uh, appearances, mm -hmm. and that's what they all they are really appearances. You know, when we finally meet each other in real life, it'll be like, oh my god, I didn't know your eyes were like the color <laughs> of candy. You know, it doesn't translate reintroduction sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I didn't yeah. That. Um, so, so before we jump into, like you mentioned your directorial debut one night in Miami, which congratulations yes. on that film. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but first I want to ask you, um, I was, like, we just like to get, um, here on this podcast, we like to talk about everybody's journeys because everybody has a very unique interest. Uh-oh. Amanda. Or, yeah. <laughs> one of the other benefits of Zoom life. Oh wait, oh, Amanda, man. You, was you, I frozen? Yeah, you were frozen. So just oh, ask the God. question again. Yeah. Okay, okay. So so I was I was asking when was your first time that you remember feeling that you wanted to be a performer or an and a creator? Um that is tough because you know I've been doing this for quite some time. I've been doing this more years than I haven't been doing it. Mm. Uh, mm. so that's that's a blessing. Mm. Um but I, I feel like it's one of those things that it just subconsciously was always there mm. because my sister and I were always, uh, Raina and I were always putting on uh, our home productions uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for uh, just ourselves. Mm. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then our parents, Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes family members. So I guess the affinity for it was always there, mm -hmm. but I will say that sometime maybe in my second year of college is when I was like, yeah, you know what? I think the acting thing needs to be my career. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't wanna do this college thing. I think I want to totally devote myself to that because I think when I was doing 227 as a as a teenager um I was still wanting to be a dentist you know I, I was, oh wow really yeah, oh, no. <laughs> yeah I, I, I read that you almost quit to to become a dentist yeah I really had kind of like a unique um experience where most kids don't have this experience I love my pediatric dentist Dr. Rubel <laughs> dental assistant was his wife um her name was babe and they i actually look forward to going to the dentist because he oh just my. made the experience so um so fun and being the type of kid that likes to get gold stars and likes to get the pat on the back because you've done a good job you know it encouraged me to want to brush my teeth and you know i probably was like the only like nine-year-old flossing <laughs> um, <laughs> just yeah. because he just created that that experience that one helped me understand how important you know your teeth are and 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 dental um yeah uh, care like yeah. how that can affect the rest of your body if you're not taking care of your teeth let me move out of this sun 
Um, and I moved more into this. Uh, <laughs> it looks nice. It looks, it's, it's very, the lighting's very nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, but that, um, I think that experience is what um, led me to really start paying attention to people's smiles and, and how you, you talk about eyes or the windows um, of the soul or eyes are the first thing you notice on people. People's smiles were like the first thing mm. um, that I'd noticed. So um, I don't know why that came up, but. Because of dentistry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's right. where I, I, I thought my, uh, career path was going to be. And um, uh, I did not realize that how much joy I was getting and would get with my sister, us pretending to be so many different people, mm. you know? And um, I, I, I enjoy the exploration of different characters. I really love watching people and yeah, taking was, it in and applying those watched. things. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who were the people that you kind of watched and maybe emulated when you were when you were doing your shows? Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, shows meaning my sister's yeah, show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and what productions were you doing? What kind of reenactments were you doing? <laughs> We would read, there used to be, you, neither one of you remember this, but there was this show on TV called Alice. Oh yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alice, yeah. we would, in our backyard, turn, like take little things in our backyard and turn it into like a kitchen. And uh, do, there were like these little stones that my mom had that she made into like a walkway that we would pull them up and use them as plates because they were like flat stones. <laughs> I mean, so basically it would be everyone from the cast of Alice to my mother's friend, Tommy, who had to put on lipstick and put a piece of gum in her mouth every time she was smoking a cigarette. So <laughs> it was just paying attention to, to details, people's yeah. characteristics, personality characteristics that you know, define them. And, and that was just always so interesting to Raina and I, and I just, it never stopped. We always loved it. Even as uh, grown up kids, we will sometimes, um, uh, since we're part of the same bubble, we'll still to this day, you know, have lunch in the car to just sit and people watch. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love me a good session of people watching. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then when you make them have conversations with each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always um, like, well, what's she saying? What's she saying? Yeah. <laughs> Hot mad right now. Or like, oh, but when we used to be able to go to like restaurants, I would always be with my friends and I'd be, we see a couple and be all, are they on their first date? You think they're married? Yes. What's, the, what's yes. their story? Yes. <laughs> Number one question is, do you think they're married? Yeah. <laughs> just because they have a wedding ring on doesn't mean they're married to right. <laughs> But I, I always also, there would, would be times and like you would, it would be clear they were in a fight. And <laughs> I, we would always like list, I love watching people fight. That's yeah. <laughs> messy. Especially people that are fighting that are trying not to let the world in on the fight. And that is, <laughs> those are the most, fascinating uh, people watching, watching sessions because it's watching the behavioral changes that, mm -hmm. you know, from eating a certain way to eating 
<laughs> I, you know yeah, you're yeah. and i imagine that really helps with acting right like just the whole people yeah <laughs> oh absolutely i think that's the reason why i am an actor because i'm taking snapshots all the time of mm -hmm. the way people talk the way people move and and finding ways to um apply those snapshots to characters mm -hmm. yeah um you you mentioned 227 which you know Iconic. Iconic. <laughs> but, um, you've also appeared in things like Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, Justice Friday, all these films that were so we, integral <laughs> tonight. Well, you, you're part of our childhood, all my yeah. teenage years. You know, yeah. I, you're you're just talking about that era that really shaped a lot of us. And a lot of us like call back to, you know, all, all these films that we watch that are classics. Um, but but when when you were sort of starting out and 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 sort of navigating your way through through this this crazy um, crazy crazy business, how did you approach sort of what Hollywood expected from you as an actor versus where you wanted to go in your career um, as an artist? I think I was because I started so young. <clears throat> I don't think I was ever approaching it as what Hollywood is expecting. Mm. It was more like. Uh, uh, what Gloria was expecting, my mom, mm. you know, and just, um, just my sister and I never wanted to disappoint our parents, you know, mm. like it was, it's, it's, uh, and I think a, a lot of uh, children feel that way, you know, especially if you're lucky enough to have a close relationship with, you know, your, your parents, um, you don't want to disappoint, but, you know, good manners was always an important thing. So, uh, my mother didn't stop working when I was when I was on 227. My sister was also on a show called What's Happening Now, and we were on the shows at the same time. So my mother had two uh, family friends um, who weren't working uh, be our um, uh, uh, having a brain fart. Uh, yeah, chaperone, if you will, a guardian Sorry, while we were on the set, so she could continue working and. You know, it was more like, you know, don't, don't, don't act up, you know, <laughs> yeah. wow. So it was um, um, that and, and also her always encouraging us to, um, you know, when I'm talking about observation, that that's something that also came from our mother too. Uh, she's a teacher. So always encouraging us to take all we can out of, out of a moment, you know, always, um, I guess, uh, finding um, all of the little jewels and all of the pitfalls that um, are happening while you're there to, to take a moment after it's happened and, you know, process like, okay, what, what can you do better? How can you be the, 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 the better Regina Arena? Mm -hmm. um, there was this book that she had given us called, I think it was called The Big Me, uh, The Little Me and The Greater Me. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what the, the theme of the book was, you know, how we choose which me is gonna show up. And uh, so I think it was more me, uh, the world according to Gloria, Mm -hmm. uh, which now as an adult, um, I'm so grateful for, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and was there a point, like, I, like, I know we, we listen to, um, we hear all these, especially when it comes to women of color in the industry, we hear sort of the struggles that they go through in, in the early stages of the career. I mean, obviously, we, like I said, we're, we're all aware of, of Hollywood's treatment. When it comes to women of color, when it comes to people of color, period, um, people, like I said, in those marginalized, um, in, in that marginalized group. But is there a point in your career, or, or at what point in your career, because you are Miss Regina King now, <laughs> at what point of your career did you feel a shift in terms of having um, control, more control over what you wanted to do? Mm, probably later in my career, you know. Um, I guess there were moments in different places in my career. I would say probably the first one was um, the, the, when I, like I, what I kind of mentioned uh, not too long ago when I was in college mm. and decided that <clears throat> I was gonna drop out even though my mother was, I knew she wasn't gonna be happy about that because I wanted to um, truly pursue acting as a career and I wanted people not to look at me as Brenda from 227. I had been studying acting for quite some time prior to 227, all while I was on 227. And to that point, the only thing the world had seen me in is Brenda's 227 on 227. No one had seen plays that I had done or people had seen them, but you know, LA, just yeah, yeah. a small theater in LA. And so um, the desire to, not feel so much like what is my mother or my grandmother gonna think about this, knowing that they, they aren't going to uh, probably love the idea that I'm dropping out. Mm -hmm. But my mother had always been so supportive. Uh, so I guess I felt like it's gonna be okay, but deciding that I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna go audition for like Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that could not have been more of a 180 um, uh, from um, Brenda. Mm -hmm. So I guess that was like the first yeah. moment that that happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Singleton, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, you know, we, we could talk, I could talk about Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice Forever. I mean, for real, that was a moment, that was an era. <laughs> and I, like I said before, I think um, kind of you, you had this like very storied career and you're like going from like that to Jerry Maguire and then to more recently like Watchmen, which I could also talk about forever, but we won't. Um, <laughs> but, but also you stuck behind the camera before One Night in Miami on, for, for, for series, you know, we have, you know, you directed like episode of Southland, Scandal, uh, uh, This Is Us, Shameless, The Good Doctor, Insecure, I'm reading your IMDB right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, go. I feel that like a lot of, actors like make that that kind of is like an organic shift for going from acting to directing but when you did that shift to tv and then now film what were the assumptions you had about directing um and then what were some kind of the challenges and habits you had to kind of break or get used to even and when did you like finding a rhythm in your directing voice right well, <clears throat> I had been directing, I mean, I had been acting in films for a nice big chunk of, you know, my life. Like I started 
in 227. And then I think maybe for 10 or 15 years, all I was doing were films mm. uh, after 227. So um, I definitely uh, at that point was able just from an actor's perspective to see uh, the difference between the way television and then sitcom television, multicam television to films was a huge difference. Just um, how that a whole process would go, but along along that all, all along the way, I was storing all of this um, mm. knowledge, all of these jewels, regardless if I was consciously uh, um, aware of 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 all that was being poured into me. Um, it wasn't until. Um, somewhere, it may have been somewhere along the lines of maybe 24 mm. uh, when I started saying out loud to my sister that I wanted to direct. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but at that time, um, my son was really young and, uh, I had, well, had, I'd made the decision prior to 20, how I ended up on 24 was uh, I didn't want to take any jobs outside of LA anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's how the film, acting in films oh. slowed down mm -hmm. because um, uh, the television was going to afford me the opportunity to still make money mm -hmm. and to stay in LA. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that happened and then that was really like my first like I had done like guest uh uh appearances on like this show called no called Northern Exposure yeah. and um uh what else uh New York Undercover so those were my only two uh episodic experiences as an actor mm. as a direct as a uh I, I, the real experience on episodic came with 24. Mm -hmm. And so it was like a, a whole nother kind of world. Like, oh, okay, my experience had only been a sitcom and then film. And now this thing called episodic TV. Sure, I watched it and have loved it all my life, but I'd never have been a part of it like this mm -hmm. and, and understanding how the writer room works. Mm -hmm. And so around there, I feel like I started really um, um, taking in on a deeper level what everyone is doing um, behind the scenes mm -hmm. uh, and, and just, it just continued on from there. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is like to see you kind of you as an artist go from something, you know, you know, we, we would sit at home watching 227 and then, you know, I loved it, obviously. There's no place like home. <laughs> and, and then like, I think what I loved about what your career route is like, you surprised us at every turn. Like when I saw you on Jerry Maguire, I was like, oh, what, wait, what is Brenda doing there? <laughs> and then you do stuff like, Southland or or, 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 or especially Watchmen. I was just like, she's, Regina's giving the girls everything they want. So I was <laughs> like, um, but now with you as director, I remember when the news broke about you uh, uh, um, 
directing One Night in Miami, Mike, you know, <laughs> called me and I was on my way to a meeting at Disney because <laughs> we were talking about like the, um, you breaking the news. And then I pulled over on the side of the road to write the story. Oh, <laughs> and I was, and I was like, oh, now here we are. Um, and it's one of the most critically acclaimed films, you know, one of my faves of the year. By the way, it's better. I mean, it was good. I, when I watched the first time, I was like, oh, that was good. I watched it the second time and I was like, ooh, that's really good. It's uh, better with <laughs> each viewing. Too. <laughs> right? It gets, yeah. it, you catch things that you don't, that I didn't catch the first yeah. time around. Because, you know, when you watch the movie, first time you're just like all experienced. Then I start to dissect. But anyways. Right. Um, that's so wonderful I, for me. Yeah. I feel like <clears throat> that's kind of like um, a common sentiment that I've been, that we've all been getting um, uh, about this film. And so there's something just really special that um, people want to go back and watch it again, mm -hmm. you know, and um, that's that's a really great yeah. thing. That's and it's and it, and it's I think also it's just gorgeous to look at. And you know, you know, we're not gonna lie, the cast is easy on the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> we had Kingsley, we had Kingsley on our podcast. Oh yeah. my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. At Kingsley, man, <laughs> look out for him. <laughs> yes. This we we were talking. We've seen him so many things uh, in 2020. I'm like, we saw, I saw you like five different uh, <laughs> different projects. Like, and he's quite up. the chameleon. Yeah, he's, he is. is. And him. we learned that he loves rave music, which was very <laughs> fun music, to find yeah. out the house and rave music. Um, yeah, but yeah but, I mean, I think that, but especially now, learning that because it's like. Malcolm X likes <laughs> yeah right. Make <laughs> sure Malcolm X uh, raving I'm out. Like, yeah. What Malcolm X with glow sticks? Okay, right. no, um, but you know, one night in Miami, I think uh, it, it feels like a big order. Like that's tall order. Uh, why why did you pick this as like? I mean, I'm sure even before this, people were throwing opportunities your way. But why this movie? And you know, why do you think? now is the time for you? Well, I mean, uh, uh, contrary to popular belief, uh, people weren't throwing things. Okay. Like um, <laughs> but I, I, I have a really awesome uh, uh, team in my, in my agents. Um, and I started working with a lit agent at the agency I'd been with for 20, uh, that I've been with for 20 years. And he took me to, um, um, breakfast and ask me, you know, the, the, the reason why I met with him, I have a, a, a okay, I'll break it down. <laughs> it, it's just so that it all makes sense. So you have, when you're producing and directing and, and acting, uh, and, and say if you're a person that's doing live shows, you probably have several, several different agents that are servicing each uh, mm -hmm. faction, you know? So there, I have a, a lit agent that only um, deals with the television directing I'm doing. And then one that only deals with the film directing. And mm. then one uh, agent that only deals with the packaging and mm. so far yeah, yeah, yeah. so on and so on. So uh, I, I said, you know, I, I really want to, um, I want to direct a film. My, my talent agents um, who I've been with the longest, uh, 
they knew that the television directing that I was doing was in preparation to eventually mm. direct the film. Mm. And so when I sat down uh, with Harley and he asked me, you know, well, what type of stories do you want to tell as a filmmaker? You know, that's, you know, and it doesn't have to be one type of story. What, what? And he was looking at me the way my talent agents and the way my television uh, directing lit agent uh, was looking at me that not in a box that I could, that it, the things that I do aren't just because I'm black or just because I'm a woman, mm. um, it's because I'm an artist. And so uh, we immediately connected with that. And when I shared with him that I wanted to tell a story that uh, was a love story for black people that was like our Titanic, where it mm -hmm. has a, a, a historical mm -hmm. uh, story um, uh, that um, is kind of the B story with our love story being the A story. And mm. we all love the Titanic, uh, well, at least most, I don't think I really met <laughs> anybody that was like, Titanic. Well, there was room on that door for, for, <laughs> yeah. for. <laughs> Oh yes. my God. That's yes. going to be forever an argument till the yeah. end of time. Like, why, why did he have to die? Like, right? She was hogging that whole door. I Let's mean, girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, I just, I, 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 I wanted to tell a story like that. And, you know, he uh, uh, took that back and, you know, came back and, um, uh, shared one night in Miami and a couple of other scripts that spoke to the other types of films that I said I was interested in um, stories and telling. And one night in Miami, while it wasn't the typical ro romance, it was definitely um, a, a, a love letter mm. uh, to black men. There, there is love all throughout that. And um, Kemp Powers that uh, wrote the script, he adapted his own play into a screenplay. Um, his, um, the dialogue um, was just truly the star and mm -hmm. it really represented for me the uh, conversations that I have as an artist, um, being a black artist and, and where um, our, um, art meets our social responsibility. And then it also, uh, in my opinion, reflected conversations that I, I know um, the black men that I love in my life are having or have had. I felt like I saw my son in this story. Mm -hmm. you know, I saw members of, of my family in, in these men. And yet they're four of the most iconic men in, you know, American history. So um, all of those, and it was an actor's piece. Yeah. It, it truly was um, just an opportunity that for an actor to um, just get lost in. Yeah. And the four actors, Kingsley, uh, Leslie, Aldis, and Eli uh, mm. did exactly that. Mm. Yeah. 
I want to I want to talk about the timeliness of this film because it, it's 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 you know obviously takes place in the '60s, but there's so many different relevant themes that we can we can sort of attribute to the conversation that we're having today. One in particular that stands out is sort of this duality that you present with with Malcolm and with Sam uh, Sam's character and how you know Malcolm uh, in Malcolm's head Sam is being a sellout because he's you know he's appeasing the white man, but in in Sam's head he's 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 a he's seen as a somebody to look up to because he's become you know this independent successful guy doing what he's doing so he sees himself as this 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 sort of idol and i and i see these conversations sort of happening today about you know especially uh, when it comes to black men and how, what it means to be a black man and how you know how how it is to be a black man and i just want to ask you was that what why was that so important for you guys to kind of to kind of showcase and highlight I think because, as you pointed out, is a it's a it's a debate, it's a conversation that has been happening, you know, ever since the beginning of of, yeah. of black artists, probably the Harlem Renaissance. You know, mm. um, these conversations have, have been happening, and I felt like it was important, um, or the the filmmakers, we all felt like it was important to um, show that. Um, both uh, styles of of accomplishing ad, ad, advancement or uh, equality mm -hmm. uh, for Black people um, are necessary to um, <clears throat> actually achieve it. They're, they're 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 neither one of them are wrong, and um, it is one of the beautiful things is that by the end of the film. Um, it was uh, my intention to um, have a coda that felt like um, Malcolm and Sam uh, both saw each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They both understood that um, they're both needed and necessary in the struggle. Mm -hmm. um, they, um, they're, they're situational. Right, depending on the situation is depending mm -hmm. on how, if you've got to work from inside out like Sam or like Malcolm, let's just blow this whole thing up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Start all over, you know? It, uh, it, yeah, I think that's like, I think for, for the black community or for any marginalized person, I think we have that argument in our head all the time, right? Well, today it, we do. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're arguing, there's people that are, you know, arguing for, you know, there's no other way to do this other than this one way. And, you know, there are people that are saying that, no, you know, violent, you know, this is not the answer. So we're still having these very important conversations and it's, it's so nuanced, but I, what you said is correct. It's like, it's, we need both, you know, like mm -hmm. we need to have both, both, both sort of ideologies, I think, to, in order to lift up the, the people as a whole. And we need not yeah. just those two, but, you know, the different sort of nuanced thoughts that we have about how to like uplift our people and stuff. I think that was really interesting and that you guys kind of set up those two um, and had they had those that, those conversations between those two. Um, yeah, and, and it's for people to, to leave this, um, uh, 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 this couple of hours of watching uh, the story and 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 to leave um, encouraged to think about what that means for themselves as an individual, mm -hmm. for yourself as a, 
as an individual. I think one of the most unfair things that we can do as a celebrity is tell another celebrity what you should be doing with your platform. It's very dangerous to me. Mm, yeah, I, th I think, yeah, that that's so interesting you say that, you know, about like, people who are on the front, like kind of have a face or they have a, pl a huge platform. And whether you're in the black, like for instance, I'm gonna speak, you know, th this violence against a the Asian community right now. I, I have opinions about it. I've been like in clubhouse rooms and all that, but then there's this burden of like, all, if you don't talk about it, then you don't care yeah. or- Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Do you ever feel like sometimes you have to be so careful when you do talk about it. Yeah. Mm -mm. Because, yeah. yeah. That's why I, I, I honestly, sometimes I, that's why I, I just, I choose to hold back most of the time. Exactly. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I, my, the way I'm feeling is going to offend somebody or I'm going to say the wrong thing. You know, you just never know. And how, 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 how does anybody feel safe expressing themselves these days, you know? And because, in all actuality, yeah. the way you feel on Tuesday may not be the way you feel exactly. on Thursday. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's such a nuanced conversation with treatment of people, you know, like how we treat our community because it also shows that we're not a monolith and, 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 exactly. and, and all that. And it's, it's a hard conversation, but also I think for, I, I've been seeing across the Asian community to, it's kind of like realizing also, the Asian community is so siloed that mm. it, it, and I, you know, I think it's probably the same for the Black community and then the Latino community. It's like, I, I was in a clubhouse room and I said, I don't know if this was controversial. I was just like, oh, I think the Asian community needs to get their shit together first before they tackle something bigger. <laughs> but, well, but that was, that was kind of me being a little bit tongue in cheek, but yeah, you but know, no, but yeah. actually, you know, th that's the thing when I say, you know, how you feel about a Tuesday is different than how you feel about a Thursday, but all of them are how you feel about it. Exactly. Mm. You know, and, and 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 that and that's and that's fair. I think one of the again most dangerous things that we can do is say, well, why aren't we talking about the the black community? Why aren't we talking about the Asian community? Why aren't we talking about the Latin community? As an Asian man, you should be speaking about the, yeah. the Asian community, it should be specific to your community. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as a black uh, woman, it should be specific to my community. And when we get together, it should be uh, it, us. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yes. You know, no, seriously. Yeah. I said what I said. <laughs> right. Um, so, and, and you decided to end the film with the with the with um, MLK's uh, not MLK's um, uh, Malcolm X's quote from 1965. It's a time for martyrs now. I can't help but feel like this is a, a this could be a rally cry for us in in our current. Is that is that why you guys chose? Okay, it was um, originally. That's not how the film was set to end. And you know, so often in the editing room, you start to realize the film that you have put together. You know, if you're lucky enough to have an amazing editor like I had, Tarek Anwar, mm. um, he um, was, um, you know, as he was assembling the film, uh, he was just picking the right shots and 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 already had um, a very uh, clear sense of we need to stay in this wide shot mm. you know, it doesn't need to come here or we don't need to go wide um and 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 you you, you start to dig in and you're moving scenes around and you're taking some scenes out because they're 
um, not moving the story along the way uh, it, it, it needs to be uh, 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 moved along or it's not driving the theme the way you thought it would have when you were shooting it. And um, what I truly discovered was there was this desire uh, at the end for me to really put a stamp on mm. the brotherhood thing mm -hmm. that was uh, happening in this film. And so where we originally, the film ends on Sam uh, at the um, uh, Johnny Carson, um, after he, he finishes his song, it was uh, to roll into, um, I forgot which uh, Sam Cooke song, and, and um, it, the one that he has, um, 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 I just, yeah. It's, it's on the tip of all of our tongues. Well, well, I think we were good. The, the, change, gonna, change gonna come. You know, it was, the, it, but like, so, the you know, it ends with him finishing, you know, change is gonna come. And then we were going into, I think, um, back to good times role at, for this coda that was gonna mm -hmm. show pictures of our, because people really love that. When you do, um, uh, stories on uh, actual uh, uh, people. People like to see the real picture of the mm. person or even the picture next to the actor or with a little caption of what right. you know the outcome was. And I kind of felt like most people knew and if they didn't, that's what the Google is for. And <laughs> no longer have to go to an encyclopedia or yeah, go ask, yeah. you know, a grandparent that was around at that time, you can easily Google. And I felt like I, I, I wanted um, uh, to uh, represent the brotherhood again. That was uh, uh, a really big theme in the film. And also, uh, like you said, uh, it was a, a rallying call, you know, to, people like, you know, except for Jim, they're not here anymore, but we are here. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. what what within yourself um, feels, um, what, what does this move you to wanna do? If, if mm -hmm. most people who are familiar with Malcolm's story know in his time in the nation to the time that he was no longer with the nation, how much his views on humankind had changed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, there are uh, uh, people who follow Sam's uh, story knows uh, um, how much uh, Bob Dylan's song did um, get to him and, and, mm -hmm. and how he, he um, uh, was very much aware that um, um, a change is gonna come was different than anything that he had ever done, even though he had always been a writer that was writing from observation. Right. Um, and, and their debate was so powerful throughout that if we, if I had this thought, you know, what if um, we, uh, instead of ending with him and Johnny Carson, I had this shot where we're in uh, uh, Malcolm and Betty's house where you see the TV and we, we're gonna have to go uh, pick up two scenes. So I thought like I can use another TV. How about uh, we put him, mm -hmm. Sam inside the, the, the TV 
as if someone could be watching him. Mm. And then my editor took it a step further and he was like, there's this shot of Malcolm. I'm just gonna put it together real quick and send you a quick uh, time of it. And he sent it where Malcolm looks up and it looks like he's looking at Sam and like, all right, you heard me. And yeah. Sam bows, you know, I, I held the shot after uh, Sam finished the song longer where he kind of bows as if he's like, I hear you brother. Mm. And, and so um, I was like, yes, that's it. Mm. And, and we'll end it. And we, we just need a powerful quote from Malcolm. And so I sent that over to Kemp, that ending. And Kemp was like, oh my God. <laughs> Kemp and I like scoured through all of these Malcolm X books, Malcolm Speaks. It, Kemp is like a library of information on uh, Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X. And we found that quote and just felt like, Ugh, this perfect. Is perfect. It is, yeah, I think, yeah, I think if anything, it does light a fire, it kind of brings you hope and kind of it, also- Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. also makes you kind of examine your own thoughts and like exactly. unpack your feelings, I guess. Yes. And, 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 it, and like you said, in a hopeful way. Mm -hmm. Not in a, you better go do this way. Right. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you guys are running out of time. I know. <laughs> but, you, I think, but like you kind of answered a lot of our questions. Yeah, so I, but, I'm, but I'm just enjoying um, talking to you. So so before we move on to our last segment, um, Miss King, I, what, what you've done so much with your career. Is there yeah. anything that you haven't done yet that you're just itching to do? Um, I, I, but Broadway. Eventually. Okay, we're gonna do it. Get oh that EGOT. Get that EGOT. It's not even for an EGOT. It's because it's something that I've, I mean, I had done plays when I was younger mm -hmm. and they were always uh, L in LA. Mm. Um, I did um, like the Chitlin circuit, like a traveling, mm -hmm. you know, play and had gone to New Orleans, Miami and uh, Boston, mm. a lot of different uh, cities. And um, I, I love the feeling that you get immediately from the audience. And, mm. and you know, you, you're really thriving off that energy from the audience. And, you know, yeah. if you go up on a line, there's no such thing as cut, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> figure it out. And then it's, oh, that's me. All right, <laughs> let me stay in it. Oh, okay. Oh, so there would go. you want to? Would you want to do a play, musical, both? I would want to do a play. And so, what what really sealed the deal for me is um, I, I love Broadway plays and musicals. Like that was my son and I from the time he was like thirteen to maybe nineteen. Every year we would go to New York, like mm -hmm. a mom and me trip. And we would just go see a week of plays and musicals mm. and, and go to brand new restaurants. I that, love that. Um, and so uh, it's, it's, it's some of the best trips um, I've ever yeah. had. So I've always loved, and my son loves, you know, just the theater and like this the kid, energy. I used to yeah. watch Sound of Music over and, and, yeah. and uh, West Side Story over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
I got an opportunity to present at the Tonys. So it was like, oh my God. <laughs> I have died and gone to heaven. Yes. And, and so it was just so, so exciting. And I got to sit on the front row oh. and I got to meet one of my most favorite actresses, Laura Linney, and present with her. And we got an opportunity to talk backstage. And I just asked her about the stage in Broadway. And she said, Regina, is the most exhausting thing I've ever done. <laughs> the most exhilarating thing I've ever done and you have to do it. And it was one of those things where it was like, Laura Lenny said, I have to do it. <laughs> I gotta do it. I yeah, gotta, gotta do Lenny. it, yes. Double L has to say, say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, L squared told me I have to do it. So. <laughs> well, we got a little taste of your stage play um, on, uh, on SNL. So we can't wait to see you. The weed you gummy. Yes. The yes. weed gummy sketch. Oh I my was gosh. Sent. Hilarious. That was the, the best. I think but, just the whole energy of that episode was yes. just, I just I love SNL you, period. I am just in awe of the the writers and the actors and the the band and the camera of the entire production. What they do every week to bring us that show yes. every week is my, I, I had to sleep for like 24 hours <laughs> and, and, and they're doing it every week. I, I'm, I was, I'm just in awe. I can't imagine how it is to be a cast member because I've just yeah. heard stories about their quick changes that they have to yeah. duck into a, they, they, they have they to duck into a hallway and they just strip oh, you. <laughs> honey, yes. And like, you can't care if the curtain is like peeping out in your ass maybe. Out. It, it, oh my it God, it doesn't oh, matter. Make sure my wig is on right. <laughs> <laughs> the gorilla with the gorilla. Yes. With. <laughs> okay, so we like to end our, our these um these interviews with the section we call the facts or the FAQs. Just really fun, funny questions. So the first question is: what is the last show that you binge watched? The last show that I binge watched was Queen's Gambit. Ooh, okay. That was yeah. good. I like that. Oh, that was good, that was good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you know what? Actually, no. The last show that I binged was Bridgerton, Queen's Gambit. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to like Bridgerton. I haven't I was like, seen Bridgerton this yet. This is for like the kids. This is for like if I'm a 13 year old white girl. Like, I'm not. <laughs> But but Chris Van Dusen, um, he wrote the ep the first episode that I directed on Scandal. So I was, and I'm a huge Shonda Rhimes fan. So I was like, I'm gonna tune in because that's that's my girl and that's yeah. my guy. And I was stuck. <laughs> I was so stuck. surprised. My mom was watching it when I was back home. I was like, Mom, this is not. My mom is not like it. But she actually liked it. I was like, Okay. Yeah, do not judge a book by cover. Do not say anything like I said again that this is for a 13-year-old white yeah. girl. Oh, <laughs> what I said, you know, I'm 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 owning this. I'm saying yes. it out loud on the podcast. <laughs> Shame on me. Because yes. that was it was great. And oh, that queen baby. Oh yes. my gosh, yeah. those faces she would make. No. Oh. They were just priceless. Um 
I mean, also, you know, I, I have to fit in RuPaul's Drag Race in every episode, and I just want to mention that you were a guest judge. Yes. <laughs> and that's, I just have, I just have to mention it. He's, that's he's the, part of the fantasy league, so he's I, like, I have a RuPaul's Drag Race fantasy like, league, and yeah. I'm like obsessed. Okay, <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> you want to join? Oh my, I, I, I can't even imagine how that works. How are you choosing? Yeah, you have to be like a connoisseur. It is, yeah, no, it is, you know what? At the beginning of this season, I was like in, in second place. Now I'm in 11th. Oh I got knocked because we pick three queens every week and then based on their performance, we get points. I forgot to change my queens for this past week and I lost. Well, yeah, I just lost. Anyway. That's the reason <laughs> I don't play fantasy football anymore because I would forget to change yeah. my lineup and I don't like to lose. Yeah, I'm upset, I'm upset, but it's okay guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you you had a Zoom reunion for two two seven, right? Uh, 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 or did you have a Zoom? Well, anyways, I, let's we... just talk about two two seven. If there were to be a reunion episode or a revival, or you just like you know whatever, what do you envision the premise being like? <laughs> oh my god! I it's so okay. This is crazy. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but it is my hope that when I do another SNL, well, I get to hope uh, host SNL again, <laughs> that yeah. one of the skits would be Brenda and Calvin grown up and what 227 looks like. So I'm going to leave that to the SNL writers. Hey. Oh my God, or just... <laughs> I would so love that. <laughs> I'm so excited Dino just got <laughs> My <laughs> eyes. His no. eyes above out. Okay, um, next question. If you asked your friends and family what your worst habit is, what would it be? We're getting um, the dirt now. <laughs> probably being too literal. Mm. You know, oh. like if you say that you were going to be on the corner by the red light at 2.22 and you are on the other corner at 2.25. Uh, <laughs> I have a problem with that. Oh, so you're very regimented. I guess that could be annoying. <laughs> no, I was like being being the only yeah, friend me, on time. For people who aren't like somebody like me, who's always like ten minutes late. I'm like, dang, I'm just ten minutes late. Like, yeah, I I think, like don't, don't don't get me wrong. I I, I am late. <laughs> yeah, but I always <laughs> have a justification. Yeah. <laughs> what what had happened was. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, Besides One Night in the Miami, of course, um, what are some award season films that you personally are obsessed with or that you kind of watched and you were just like, ooh. I love Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Uh, guess who's on our podcast tomorrow? <laughs> we're, we're having Dominique. 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 Oh, yes, love her. <laughs> she was, it's so funny. I watch things now and I go, okay, I have to figure out how to work with that person. Mm, and she yeah. definitely, there was another film that she did when she was younger. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Was it? Um, oh, she's 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 in foster care. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was comes out of jail. It was a it was a Sundance film. I can't remember. Yeah. what it was. I know it was Angie. Um, 
the girl, the shade room. The yes, room. She wrote the. You should say shade room. Angie's a person. She's she started the shade room. I'm. I'm oh, oh, on her last I'm week. looking it up. I'm not sure. Um, how long ago was it? It was a couple years ago. A couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I but mean, yeah, you okay. still totally recognize Dominique, but she is a bit younger. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. she. I've, I remember being told back then, like, you need to watch this Dominique girl. Like, yeah. you're gonna see. Her. And I've been just so enamored by her performances. So, She's can great. you tell her for me? Yes. <laughs> she is simply awesome. I cannot wait to meet her one day, mm. and I cannot wait to work with her. Yeah. Oh my God! We're <laughs> look at us connecting people. Look at you. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Love to see it. Okay. Would you rather be an amazing painter or a or a brilliant mathematician? Painter. I think I'd be a painter. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, feel, I would. I feel, as long as you know, like basic math in life, like <laughs> you don't need to know no one's quadratic formula. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to figure out right. where in life I'm applying algebra to. Right or geometry. Oh, basic <laughs> subtraction and addition with the occasional division and multiplication yeah. is all you need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. Um, and our final question is. Um, is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it's an actor, creator, producer, writer, uh, that is not in the mainstream or doesn't have much shine that you want to kind of shout out and give more recognition to? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm sure there are. I wish you would ask me before this. <laughs> Um, because the first thing that came to my mind, and she is in the industry, and she is getting recognized, um, is Michaela Coel. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, we agree on that. We she deserves that. more. She oh deserves my gosh. Oh yeah. my gosh. What, ever what since I saw, yeah, ever since I saw her on Chewing Gum, and oh. even like before that, I was just like, oh, why aren't we talking about her? About right? her, yeah. I may destroy you, like oh. they destroyed me. <laughs> like <laughs> it did. And just like, her what? ability to tell a, a, such a painful story and add humor mm -hmm. to it, but it's still at its core, you know- You'll feel it, the pain. Be heartbreaking. Yeah. Like for um, her to handle that much tone and kind of contain it, yeah, that is brilliant. Like seriously, yeah. I, I know that word brilliant gets thrown around, but like, how could you laugh at what's happening on that screen in that show Right. And then cry the next moment. And, and the then next moment, yeah. 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 It, it, it's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to Michaela. Definitely deserves, deserves, deserves. More yes. Deserves. Um, <laughs> Regina, thank you so much. Yes. Like, thank you, too. This was fun. I'm glad. I you hope so. Yeah. Great. We're so, we're so grateful. And best of luck to you. Congrats. Congrats on everything, yeah, for real. You and, and everything. We can't wait to see what else you have. Yeah, and we can't wait to see you in person one day. I know, that's what I'm just saying. Good luck to the both of you. And I am claiming that the next time I see you, I will Aww. be able to say what color your eyes are. Yes. Oh! <laughs> yes. yes. Thank you so much, yes. Regina. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the 
person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.